Ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband, Dan, Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of episode 67 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And this hour, we have two awesome guests coming up. Uh, our, our theme today is the pursuit of of life and liberty. And, you know, a lot of times when we think about the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, we think in the macro, we think, you know, in the larger sense and the unalienable rights. But when danger strikes, the pursuit of life and liberty becomes very immediate and very personal and very in the micro. And so our, all of our guests today have been talking about that to a, from different angles. And the two guests that we still have coming up are Drew Berquist, who's the founder and editor of OpsLens.com, talking about getting off the X, and Robert Manzel, who is more of the macro idea. He's, he's running for the NRA Board of Directors, and so protecting our unalienable rights that are written down in our Bill of Rights which is that firewall that, that we have in our Constitution uh, that stands between what the government is allowed to do and what our unalienable rights are. So without further ado, I would like to bring to the air our first guest this hour, Drew Berquist. He's the founder and editor of OpsLens.com. Drew served as a counterterrorism officer and Senior Intelligence Consultant for the United States Intelligence Community, where he performed more than 30, 30 deployments. That's a 3-0 deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan to conduct operations. He has received specialized training from multiple intelligence agencies, including the CIA, the DIA, and the NSA. And I would just be so honored to uh, not only thank you for your service, sir, but to welcome you to the show, Drew Berquist. 
Hey, thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I actually saw you on, uh, I think it was Fox and Friends uh, the other morning. And, yeah. and I loved what you were saying about, you know, we don't know when danger might strike or from what direction. And so you can't always have like a an exact plan because you just don't know. But you have developed an idea for pretty much any situation, and it's pretty simple. What is it? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, something that we talked about, and you, you probably saw on, on Fox and Friends, or you did see, rather, is, is a concept that we, we practice time and time again called getting off the X. And, you know, we're fortunate in my, my previous career, my, my previous colleagues, to go through scenario-based training after, you know, you know, training after training after training. You're just always doing drills and preparing for, you know, the, the worst-case scenario, whatever that worst-case scenario might be. It, it, it changes frequently. And that's what we're seeing here in what you just mentioned. Um, is just the fact that these scenarios have, have happened so frequently now in the United States and, and in different types of venues and different times of, of the day and the year. And it's just become very unpredictable, um, and, and we can't be too sure, you know, if, if we go to the grocery store or movie theater or church or wherever, wherever you might be going now that, that you might you know, not find yourself in a, in a bad situation. So, Absolutely. And so basically it's get off the X. So what yeah. does that mean? So, okay, so the X is what we would define as where the threat is or where the danger is. So if there's an explosion that's gone off, which, you know, you know, thankfully that's not what happens as frequently here. Um, but if there's a, a shooter, um, there's, you know, we've seen lots of incidents um, that have had knife-wielding uh, knife individuals lately. Um, <clears throat> whatever that case might be, wherever that threat is, that person or that group of persons, you want to get out of Dodge. You want to get off that location, and you want to put time and, and space between you. So, you know, if you're in a shopping mall and he's near, you know, a certain section of the mall, said food court, then you, you've got to get away from that food court. You've got to understand that, you know, as you get away, <clears throat> that you want to use cover. Um, you, you want to be smart about it. You don't want to just run down the, the center of the aisle, if you will, or the, or the, the hallway. But but you want to get away from the threat, and, and you got to understand that the threat will move. You know, if these are active shooters who are just on a rampage, you know, or people, you know, with a knife, whatever the case might be, they're going to keep going. If they're if they're bent on on causing destruction and, and killing and taking lives that day, they're going to keep going until either somebody stops them, or or they're injured themselves or taken out of the equation. So you've got to keep moving. So it's a simple thing, and it and it came into play for us a lot because. You know, as we're overseas doing, you know, operations, whatever they might be, and they might even be a routine, routine day driving somewhere. If you run into an ambush, sometimes it's just smart to to live to fight another day, whether you're trained and capable of getting yourself out of the situation or ending the situation. Um, it, it's often more complex than that. So, so we we preach and, and live by just getting off the X uh, and then rallying and figuring out what the next best step is. That's that's awesome. And, you know, I mean, I. I've never been in a situation like that, so I don't know if fight or flight would be my personal first instinct. Um, yeah. I, I guess I think maybe if I had my two-year-old granddaughter with me, I would be more tempted to fight. But then if I get injured, what is she supposed to do? So maybe flight uh, is the best option. Yeah, I think it's tough, and and, and you, you know you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think. And unless you've been in a really intense situation, whether that's you've served in the military or a police officer or you've just been a civilian in a, in a crazy situation, no one really knows 
exactly how they're going to respond. You, you might think you do, and, and sometimes you're right. You know, you know, your gut feeling is, you know, I did exactly what I thought I would do. But for a lot of people, that changes, um, you know, just because of the fear and the adrenaline and, and kind of the shock that comes into these types of situations. So that's, that's another reason that we, we push this so hard is just because, you know, if you're not trained and you don't know what you're going to do, um, at, at least mentally be prepared to know that I'm going to get out of there. I'm going to try and, and, and live to fight another day. Um, because most people, you know, aren't, aren't qualified, um, nor should they, because it can sometimes put others in danger to try and end, end what's going on. Um, you know, Ohio state was really fortunate the other day when that happened. Uh, you know, obviously the event itself was, was not fortunate, but the fact that there was a police officer nearby that, that ended pretty quickly, um, you know, but you're, you're not always going to be that fortunate, but it's also not always wise for, for the average Joe to try and, to try and end things unless you're certain, uh, and kind of the stars align for you, which, which again is, it's tough to even describe those situations because every one of these, these lone wolf incidents or, or mass shooter incidents are so specific and so unique to themselves. So we, we just, we just, again, we, we preach, get off the X, have that baked into the back of your mind, uh, have it baked into your, your kids' minds and your friends and your spouse. So they know, you know, when, when loud pops start going off or there's an explosion or someone's yelling and screaming and doing crazy things, don't, don't observe, don't hunker down. Don't stick around and see what's going on. Like, you know, you, like people do in traffic, get out of there. Well, Drew, uh, Dan Todd here and welcome to the show. If, if my, Thank if you. my wife was with my grandbaby and, and there was an incident in a mall, I would want her to get out of there the safest way possible with, but also defend herself. You know, I wouldn't be in the defense mode, but get out of there. Would you think that would probably be the best advice for anyone? I think so. I think so. And I think, you know, as Cheryl mentioned earlier, you know, you get hurt, then, then you've got a two-year-old who's stranded right. on their own who certainly doesn't know what to do. But, but moreover, it's just, it's just you, you, you've got to get out of there smartly. Now, if you're pinned into a room and there's only one exit and the, and the person is covering the exit, you know, then it's just a really bad day for you. And, and you hope that um, that person runs out of ammo or, or, or something in the event changes that, that helps you. But if you're going to your scenario, if you're in a mall, um, and something bad happens, yeah, you're, 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 you're getting out of there. You're moving as quickly as you can, as quietly as you can, um, and, and just trying to survive. And I think what's, what's, what's crazy about these types of events um, is, is everyone's responding differently. You know, everyone wants to live. Everyone goes into survival mode as they, as they well should. So, you know, you're going to have people who are, who are slow and in your way, who are, who are wanting you to stop and help them because they're frozen and stuck and, and, you know, really in, in these events, unless you're trained to do it and you're there to respond to help and fix things, if you're just an average civilian caught up in the mess, um, you've got to think about, about number one, you've got to think about your family. In this case, your, you know, your two-year-old. Um, so I think you're absolutely right. Well, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty old and I've, I thought <laughs> I, I knew exactly what to do if something would happen. And I took one of those uh, simulation classes and I, and I failed drastically. But Cheryl mentioned to me, I don't know if it was a simulation or if it was true, but a person went into a big store and was shooting uh, people up, and then a bystander had a concealed carry, went to stop that concealed carry person and passed the lady that was with the shopping cart, but the lady with the shopping cart was in it with the guy, and she ended up killing him right there on the spot. So there was two bad guys, one good guy, and good guy didn't realize. So we don't know the situation. You don't even know if you're yeah. fleeing into another and being a target. You, you just don't know. So, 
you, you really have to think about these things. And I do think that people should train themselves with scenarios because I had no idea that I was that bad. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, every, in fairness, everyone is when you first go through, you know, scenario based training, it's just, you know, that adrenaline kicks in and kind of the fear. And again, you know, you don't know until you, you know, everything for us, you know, in, in my old career was, was always muscle memory, muscle memory, muscle memory. It's the same thing in the special operations community. It's the same thing for, you know, folks who just do competitive, you know, shooting and, and what have you. Um, it's just training your body to basically go on to autopilot and, and, yeah, and being aware, being aware that you have problems and you need to work on it is probably yeah. an advantage because before I, I knew, I knew what to do. Well, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. And, and so I, I actually think that helps a lot with that. So, yeah. Well, and, and to your, to your example, you know, we, we have scenarios that we'll put other people through that maybe don't have as much training, maybe their support officer. Um, you know, a finance officer, somebody who's going out to support the mission, but is not trained in, in operations. And you'll go through scenarios where, you know, there's, there's civilians and bad guys and a mix and, and, you know, everything that you can imagine is happening around you and you've got to make good decisions, get out of there, this, that, and the other. And people do, you see people go through there who have had a little bit more training than the average Joe and they're, they're, you know, they're killing the wrong people and, and making those mistakes. So they make mistakes. So it's, you want to just, get out of there, live to, to fight another day. And, and I think especially for, for some males, um, you know, just because we tend to have the ego problem, you know, that's, <laughs> that's tough for us. It's like, man, we, you know, I want to, I want to do the right thing and, and I want to be the hero here. And, but, but really, you know, sometimes being the hero is making the smart decision and, and leading the charge and, and showing other people how to just get out of there and, and do it quickly. So. Absolutely. And, you know, don't be a hindrance to the, the first responders that are coming. And sometimes if you put yourself in in harm's way unnecessarily well now you're maybe a hostage or maybe you know you need medical attention and can't get it because everybody's got other things to deal with right that's that's right that's absolutely right it's Uh, just it's a cleaner easier version all right well we have to start wrapping up but tell folks about your your company because i i was on there and i was very i love your new site op ends opslens.com because you guys write from a different perspective than what you a lot of us are exposed to out of like mainstream media. Yeah, absolutely. So opslens.com is, is a it's a news and media site as you, as you said, but all of us have served either in, you know, right down from to local law enforcement to intelligence, you know, folks like myself uh, with the CIA or or, you know, a Navy SEAL. So we've got kind of the full gamut of, of military, you know, folks who are conventional military, special operations within the military, um, again, you know, police and, and what have you. So everyone's kind of writing from the been there, done that um, mindset and just tries to, you know, I think we've got a great group of writers. Um, it's, a gr- it's a great growing company and, and we're really excited about it. I think it just lends kind of a water cooler, simple, experienced version of what's going on in the world. Um, you know, whether that's something with Russia or something back here in, in, in the U.S., um, or whether it's ISIS, you know, we just hope to think that people will, will value our opinion coming, coming from the perspective of, hey, we've, we've been there. Like, we fought ISIS, we fought, you know, Al-Qaeda. Uh, here's what we think about it. So, Well, I liked it, too, because it just it felt like it was so agenda-less. You know, it was experience-rich, it was a perspective, but... I didn't feel like I was having to kind of mentally guard myself against, okay, so they're they're leading me to 
a conclusion that they have uh, predetermined to take me to. And I really value that. Well, thank you. Yeah, we sure try. You know, it's tough. We, you know, we, we were, were a young company, but, um, you know, starting in the height of the, the political season when, when you've got people tugging in both directions, and certainly everyone on, on the OpsLens staff has their, their political views, but, um, you know, trying to stay true to who we are and just, you know, giving experience-driven commentary is, is definitely something that's very, very important to us. So it, it, it makes us really happy to hear you say that. Well, I love it. Thank you so much for taking the time on a Saturday and and chatting with us. And I hope to bring you back on again, because I know with all the different topics out there, uh, you, you definitely have a wealth of information to bring to us. Well, thank you. No, I'd be happy to come back and, and, and chat with you guys anytime. Fantastic. Well, Drew Berquist, the founder and editor of OpsLens.com. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. You too. Thank you for your service again. Holy cow, 30 deployments. Right, Dan? So when we come back, we will have Dan's commentary. Um, Gotta say your Um, (laughs) own. And of course... Yeah. And then, of course, we have another in-studio guest, Robert Manzel. And after that, we have the Responsibly Armed Citizen Report coming up right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. 
And uh, we're switching things up a little bit here. Usually we do Dan's commentary mm. at the uh, the end of the show. But we just had Pearl Harbor Day. And it was a, a, a uh, an anniversary, a special anniversary, 75 years ago. Pearl Harbor happened 75 years wow. ago. And so, um, you know, we just thought it deserved a moment. It deserved its own moment in our show to just kind of talk a little bit about the history of, you know, what was going on in the world at the time. What was our president's response and what a different kind of response than what we've seen over the last should I say eight years? Well, the seven, the, the kids nowadays, 75 years ago, that was like it never happened. Yeah. But the people that fought that war and the survivors of that war and the families of the survivors, that was like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Even sure. though it was 75 years ago. For sure. So, so now we have Dan's commentary. Tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. Just before 8 a.m., December 7th, 1941, Pearl Harbor was attacked. And Cheryl's kind of twisted these, my rants a little bit, my commentary, I call it a rant still. <laughs> and I'm supposed to rant about Pearl Harbor, a rant. I just got to keep you on your toes. And and I, I really can't because, I mean, that's a day. Uh, we we went to Pearl Harbor. We uh, saw some of the damage there. And uh, it's just it's just a place I think that everybody should go, go to, you know. But uh, we'll play the clip. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy the united states of america was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the empire of japan the facts of yesterday and today speak for themselves with confidence in our armed forces with the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. Kids today have no idea. I I really highly suggest take the kids there and let them see that and let them feel. There is a feeling there when you go. Standing over USS Arizona. There is a feeling, but the kids nowadays, they just don't have it. They don't understand the sacrifices that were made so that so we could do what we do today, so we could have a radio show. Absolutely. So, so we could go to shopping at Christmas time, mm-hmm. so we could have all these things. But some interesting facts before I go on with that rant about the kids of nowadays. I didn't know this, and, you know, we went to school, and, you know, they taught us all this stuff in history. Italy declared war on the United States. Uh, what? Italy declared war on the United States. I had no idea. Now, I knew. Well, God bless her little hearts. Yes. <laughs> we gave them the boot, didn't we? Because it's shaped like a boot. I yeah. get it. Uh, but I didn't know that. I knew that uh, 
uh, Germany uh, took over Paris and Italy and all, I thought all that. I thought Germany did it. But I didn't know that Italy physically, you know, they, they declared war against us. Well, Mussolini, right? Yes, but I didn't. I thought that Germany attacked Italy. They become part of the thing, and that's how that happened. But right. I didn't know that they went to and said, we declare a war against America. I know. It's kind of, you know, they were not exactly a world power. But they, had, they did have pizza, though. They did. <laughs> now you're, you're slicing and dicing things wrong. But um, just the tone of the president's voice, the resolve, right? And the right. way that he, he called it a date that will live in infamy. And then he said, we will see this through. He didn't say, uh, well, uh. Yeah, he didn't no. instantly start saying, well, you know, we've treated the Japanese so poorly. And it's, it is different. It makes a difference where you put the onus of responsibility and what you say is going to be the consequences. So then we flash forward. We've had uh, 9-11. And we had a president at the time who, who we believed kind of had that resolve and kind of said, you know, we will never forget. And then how long has it been? Just and, a new election. And A new election. That's what that changed that. That's how quickly that was forgotten. Right. And there's been no resolution. There was no focused effort to say, you know, this was wrong. This is the, per, the, the entity that is responsible, and there will be a, a final resolution. Now, I understand it's different. Jap Japan was a country, right? The, the planes were uh, driven, metaphorically, I guess, by an ideology. So it's a little bit different. It is different, but there's As still far as how do you fight and how do you have that resolution? It is. It, it is a little different, but we were attacked. Okay, and when we're attacked, we need to be strong, or if if, if there's an appearance that we're going to be attacked, we need to be strong. And we didn't have that for the last eight years. Our president was weak, and always blamed us when something when somebody attacked us with something, it was always our fault. We weren't understanding. We weren't listening to them. And I am I'm glad. What January? What January twenty twentieth? That's over. We've got a president-elect now that's going to be strong. He says he's going to be strong. Yes. So we need to do what we can do to help him remember, this is what you said. This is why I gave you my vote. I think he will be strong. Um, we have to end this commentary with our deal, but before, and here's how I'm going to do that. Okay. The, the kids nowadays, mm -hmm. you know, they're sitting there crying with their little cups of pudding and Play-Doh about the results of the election. What were they doing in World War II? What were the teenagers? I mean, my dad went in, he falsified his ID so that he could go fight in that war. He was 16 when he went in. And a lot of other people that he knew did the same thing. What would the kids do now? Run to Canada? Hide? I, I just, I wish we could just go to all the kids today and just teach them something about this. That's all I got. I'm, I, I'm so, I, I can't, I can't do it. So. Well, we're doing what we can do just by being on the radio and, right. and, and bringing the president's 
words, that that recording and, and talking about these things. So we're doing something. But um, So kids, wake up. Thank you, James. (laughs) And the parents, you know, can't just lay it all off onto what, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds? I mean, we're teaching entitlement. We're teaching kids that they they deserve, that they have, everyone's equal. They all have the same right, I mean, have the same abilities. And I I don't think that people do. Everybody's different. You know, the sports is what I'm talking about. Everybody gets a trophy. Oh, you're talking about the participation trophies. Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. And I, I, I don't I don't know if that's a good idea. I guarantee it's not a good but I'm idea. In, I'm in dangerous territory here. <laughs> so my best set is to say, okay, that's it. All right. Well, then we'll run to commercial. You want to? I don't want to run to commercial, but let's go to it. We'll go to commercial. All right. Well, on the other side of this break, you're going to want to stick around and meet our next guest. He has come in studio here with us today. His name is Robert Mansell. He is a lifelong NRA member. He's an outdoorsman and a hunter. And Robert is a candidate for the 2017 NRA Board of Directors. And he's NFA friendly. Ooh, now you're going to stick around right after this. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family-owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, educate, and inform. Sponsored by AZ Firearms, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. We have Robert Manziel. He is a lifelong member of the NRA, an outdoorsman, a hunter, and Robert is a candidate for the 2017 NRA Board of Directors. Hi, Robert. How you doing? Well, good, good afternoon, Dan and Cheryl. It's, I'm excited to be here. This is my first time on your show, and uh, I've listened to you, and I'm really thrilled. So thank you for having me. You're welcome. I, I'd like to ask, first of all, why? Why do you want to run? 
Well, well Dan, I, I've been a, let me tell you how, about me, myself growing up. Um, I grew up in Arizona, in a small town, went, went to high school in Jerome, Arizona. And as a kid, I probably experienced a childhood of, that most children today cannot experience. They can only dream of. At 10 years of age, I was allowed to run around and experience the outdoors, experience firearms. My father and my grandfather, they were avid hunters and shooters. And so that was pretty much bred into me at an early age, and I carried it throughout my, my adult life. It's been a part of my life. I've been an FFL holder for 40 years, and I'm a current uh, NFA manufacturer, and it's just, just become part of my life. Well, wait a minute. I'm looking at you here. You're on. You're live on studio. I don't see any holes in you, or you have all your fingers and all your toes. You ran around with a gun when you were 10 years old, and you're here to talk about it today? A absolutely. Uh, uh, ten, 10 years old and good gun safety rules uh, and, and good supervision. There's there's nothing wrong with teaching youngsters how to shoot. And, and I always say that um, the best way to recruit and retain youngsters is to put uh, put rounds down range. And and at 10 years of age and a proper supervision, yes, that, that's, that's great. Well, and that does feel like a part of our world that maybe is gone forever. I don't know. But because we, we must have been in a, a similar place at a fairly similar time. You said Cornville, Arizona. That's correct. Right? And I have spent some time in Cottonwood, Arizona. Wow. So, um, and so we did, we had a lot of freedom because there was lots of open space and we did, we had the firearms training and, you know, the, the guns weren't, you know, locked away like they were, you know, the big secret in the household. Now I'm not advocating that. I think everybody should be responsible with their firearms and have them uh, properly secured, especially if you have children in the home because your children have friends who come over right, who maybe don't have any familiarity with the guns. But growing up in our house, they were just, you know, they were in the drawer and they were in the closet, and, and we just knew what they were. They were another tool, just like the butcher knife in the kitchen drawer that we didn't feel any need to go play with, right? Absolutely. They, they were basically a, a, a tool for, for that era, and, and we knew where they were at and how to use them and how to be safe with them. And from that... Um, Good things have, have come to my life. I've had a, a lifelong experience with, with firearms, never had an accident, have trained a lot of folks. Have, I have a, a grandson that I take out and, and train. I have two children I take, take out and train. My, my wife shoots a little bit. It's, it's really a family, uh, family sport for us. So, Robert, tell us, what do you do when you're on the board of the NRA? Well, I, I'm running for the board. I know, but uh, what will you be doing there? <clears throat> Uh, the board of directors is composed of 75 members. They're selected in a nationwide ballot, uh, 25 per year. It's for, it's for a three-year term. So every year, 25 folks go off the board. Uh, when Each year, the, the NRA has a nominating committee where folks submit applications to be on the board. The nominating committee this year, I believe, chose 31 people to, to run. There will also be some individuals that will run by petition, and that, that's where they go out and get a number of petitions and qualify for a spot on the board. The ballots will come out the third week of January, and the election will run through about the first of, first of March. And again, it's a nationwide election. It's not state by state or region by region. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on your radio and get, 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 my, get my name out there, my message out there, and, 
and really excited about the possibility. So the people that can vote would be, are they the lifetime members or anybody can vote that's a member of the NRA? There are two categories of qualified voters. One is a fully paid life member, and the other is an individual that's been a yearly or, or annual member for five consecutive years. So, you know, I'm, I'm a lifetime member of the NRA, and I honestly wasn't real sure. All these things you've already told us. So there's 75 total members that they rotate out every, you know, 25 at a go every third. So it really every year there is an election, yes. but, you know, 25 of them are rotating out. So does, does that mean if somebody else in Arizona gets more votes than you that, that you can't? Or can we have two, two people from Arizona? How does that work? Actually, Arizona is very fortunate. There's, there's already a number of, of folks on, on the NRA Board of Directors from Arizona. And I, I think Arizona is probably one of the better represented states on the NRA Board. But you have to remember, NRA is one of the most gun-friendly states in the nation. So Arizona. That, that, Arizona, yes, yeah. That goes to Absolutely. Show. So, uh, and I, I like that you would have a, a variety of people. So, you know, we've all heard about more of the celebrities, right? So right. there's... Um, Charleston Heston. Right. Well, he's passed now, but I'm talking about the the musician, Ted, Ted Nugent. Nugent. Ted yeah. Nugent. Thank you. And then, uh, you know, Magnum P.I., what <laughs> Tom Selleck. He's he's on the board. Cheryl so, forgot Tom Selleck's name. No way. Oh, no, I was I was getting there. Um, <laughs> but uh, but then we have, you know, people that maybe their their thing is hunting. And then other people whose their thing is maybe manufacture an NFA. Now, we've said NFA like three or four times already in this segment. What about people out there that go, what What are you talking about? What is NFA? That's the National Firearms Act, and that's machine gun. It's guns that are regulated by the uh, NFA or machine guns, silencers, suppressors, um, things like that. And you actually have a, you're a manufacturer. That, that is correct. So what's the name of your company? My company name is Winslow Sport, and we, um, we're a, not a big company. We manufacture M16s and actually sell some to law enforcement agencies here in Arizona uh, and other Class Three type weapons we manufacture, and, and we do repair and, and some modification work. Very cool. And so I think it's good to have, you know, it's like a stew, right? There's a little bit of everything in there so that the organization itself won't peg out in one particular direction and be just for hunters. The, the firearms world and the shooting sports has many different uh, branches. The, the NFA is one. It's one that most people don't know much about because it's so highly regulated and, uh, and restrictive, but uh, it's, it's one that I live in that I've enjoyed, and it's, uh, it's great. So... so so the board of directors, they pretty well kind of guide the NRA on decisions that they make. Is that right? Well, I, I describe it like this. The, the board of directors would be similar to a, a, a local school board. In Arizona, local school boards have five members. Now, the NRA has 75 members. Mm -hmm. uh, local school boards set policy goals and direction for the school district. The NRA does the same. The NRA board of directors does the same thing. The local school board would hire a superintendent to implement those directives. The NRA hires an administrative staff to implement the, those directives. Uh, neither board 
gets involved in the day-to-day operation of, of those organizations. Very good. I feel like I have a much better understanding. And so the process between now and, what did we say, December of? of Mid, third week of January. Third week of January. So that's a year and a few weeks. No, this is like right now because we're about to go to 2017. So what is the process between now and third week of January? Between now and the third week of January, I'm spending a, a lot of time talking to people, contacting folks. I have a, a website. It's um, Robert Mansell at Mansell for NRA.com, uh, a Twitter account, uh, Mansell for NRA.com. Please check me out on, on those, those sites. And we're just trying to get the word out. Uh, last week, I visited Gunsight. Gunsight is the oldest and largest firearms training academy in the country. I spent a week there and had a chance to meet a lot of people and get my word out. And, and they're all taking the information back to where they came from all over the country. So, Robert, this sounds like a lot of work. Why? Well, you know, I've, I've, I've spent my life. I, um, I was a school principal, school superintendent, have a lot of public service background. I just got off the Arizona Game and Fish Commission where I spent five years as a state commissioner. I have background in the private sector. I was CEO of a credit union for a number of years. And I've actually tried to retire a couple of times, but every time I try to re- retire, it just doesn't work. And uh, <laughs> I retired from the Game and Fish Commissioner Commission last February, and it just doesn't work. And I, I want to keep on doing the things that I love and enjoy. I think I would have something to to add to the organization, and I'm, I'm full of energy, and I'm ready to go, and I, uh, I hope I can, you know, pass the test and get enough votes to be elected. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time on a Saturday and coming in and, and talking to us a little bit because you are getting your, your name out there, and you are asking for people to, to you know, research you and, and hopefully endorse you or give you a vote or both. But you've also taught us something, and that's always very, very valuable um, because a lot of times we don't know, you know, okay, so we pay our NRA dues or, or, you know, we send our kid off to school, but we don't really know what the inner workings are about. What does the school board do? What does the NRA board do? And so um, you, you've really brought a lot to us today. And tell folks again real quick, how do they uh, find you out on the social media world? Go to Robert Mansell at... Mansellfornra.com is my website, and my Twitter account is Mansellfornra.com. And Cheryl, I'd just like to add one, one last last comment: the uh, preservation of the the Second Amendment, the fight to preserve the Second Amendment, will not be over until our opponents say it's over. And they have not. We won the election, but they have not said it's over, and they're still here, and they're still coming after us. So the fight will go on. That's an excellent point because I think a lot of us now that, uh, you know, Donald Trump, who's an NRA-endorsed uh, man, uh, candidate, has has become our president-elect, I think a lot of people feel like, well, we can just take a nap now. We're all good, right? We're covered. But the other side, they're not taking any naps. They're, they, are, they are not taking a nap, and, and they're going to slice and dice it however they can, and they're, they're coming after us, and so we better be prepared. Yeah, they're going to take, take advantage of that. They know that a lot of people are just going to set now. Absolutely. So they're coming for us. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again so much. I really appreciate you being here with us today. Robert Manzel, candidate 
for the 2017 NRA Board of Directors. Thank you again. Absolutely. Well, stick around. On the other side of this commercial, we have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Hi, I'm Bob Main. Now that you have your concealed carry license, I think you and I probably both know that that class probably wasn't really training. Have you ever thought about getting some training beyond your concealed carry license? Well, that's why Ben Branham and I decided to call our classes Beyond Concealed Carry. We're going to teach you how to move and shoot, how to shoot one-handed, even how to shoot and make hits without the use of your sights. And if that's something for you and you think you'd like to take advantage of that, as a Self-Defense Radio Network listener, you can get nice discounts on the classes and the subsequent video programs for reinforcement. All you have to do is visit the listener discount page at selfdefenseradio.net and put in the password SDRN, all lowercase. Again, the listener discount page and all lowercase SDRN. Hope to see you at a class soon. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun-buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun-buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun, and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potgoldstate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. I'd like to add to that. We just had another successful auction. We had uh, 400 guns and military things, and I want to thank all the people that came and participated by bidding. We had a tremendous auction, and thank you. It was wonderful, and that's potofgoldestate.com. Uh, so, yeah, we have two two businesses that we run and then the radio show on top of it. So, And one of the things that we really value about being able to do to have a radio show and to have the, the voice and the opportunity that we do to, to bring things to the air that we have found important is our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. Fights a never-ending battle for truth. 
justice and the American way. You know, responsibly armed citizens use guns 2.5 million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow we never hear so many of these stories on the network news. So we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. And with today's uh, story that I want to bring, the news uh, event that happened, I want you to imagine that you're on your daily commute. You drive the same road at the same time every single workday. You might even find yourself tempted to mentally check out a little bit as you're tooling down the road or maybe sneak a peek at your text while you're zipping along the freeway. But danger takes the same road to work that you do. Sometimes he shows up as an aggressive driver. Sometimes he takes the form of road rage. One day in mid-November of this year, danger showed up on the I-75 freeway in Fort Myers, Florida, beating a man senseless on the side of the road. And Danger wasn't just attacking a fellow motorist, although that would have been bad enough. Danger was attacking a first responder, a police officer, the very person who many people would tell us we are supposed to call when there's trouble. Well, thankfully, on that particular day, On that exact stretch of asphalt, at that precise moment, there happened to also be a responsibly armed citizen ready, willing, and trained to give aid to those who spend their lives helping others. And this responsibly armed citizen was able to stop danger in mid-attack, saving the life of one of our finest, a 12-year veteran of the police service to his community. The sheriff's office still won't say a word, but witnesses tell NBC2 a good Samaritan shot and killed a man who was attacking a deputy. It all started with a high-speed chase. NBC2's Graham Hunter has been digging all day to get a complete picture of what happened. The scene cleared at 7 o'clock tonight. It was a very busy afternoon. Multiple sheriff's deputies responding to a deputy-involved shooting. It was an incident one mother told me she won't soon forget. There was a lot of other lives that he was that he was putting at risk, including mine and my daughter's. Nicole Ambrosini just got off work. It was around exit 136 where I saw a car approaching me from behind at a very fast rate. It was 9.30 in the morning. The man was driving a blue Toyota. He then swerved into the shoulder on the left side and um, had to been going about 120 miles per hour. Ambrosini saw a sheriff's deputy give chase. She watched the cars get off I-75 and exit 123 Corkscrew Road. I saw the deputy and the suspect out of their cars with the doors both wide open, and they were in some type of altercation. Now other witnesses are telling us what happened next. He just kept beating him and beating him. The man in the blue car attacked the deputy. He was sitting on top of the, uh, the police officer. And I heard like three shots. Another man stepped in. I don't think the officers fired the shots. I think it was a uh, civilian fired the shots. Coming to the deputy's rescue. He refused to get off and the officers kept yelling, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And then he shot him. The man who was shot is dead. It's unfortunate that, you know, somebody's life was, was taken, but he was putting his life at risk and many other lives at risk. 
The Lee County Sheriff's Office confirmed the deputy involved shooting this morning. That is all they can say until the next of kin is notified again. The deputy involved in this shooting is okay. We're reporting from Estero, Graham Hunter, NBC2. And that is why we need more responsibly armed citizens because even the police can't be with the police all the time. That is a great point. And what I always think about in those situations, like let's take it back to the Ohio State University situation. Almost immediately, I heard voices out there uh, in the, the, let's call it the left-leaning media sources that were saying, you know, why did the officer have to kill this person? This person had a knife and the officer had a gun. Why did he, why couldn't he, A, shoot to wound? Why couldn't he tase? Why couldn't, you know, all these things. And I'm saying that if an officer allows him or herself to be physically compromised, what does the bad guy now have? Well, I'm just imagining that. Yeah, he, I was, yeah, he has a gun now. He has but the when, officer's firearms. Right. right. But when, when you were saying that, I was visioning, and I was thinking, okay, the guy that's being stabbed at the time the officer shot him, is he saying, don't shoot him, don't shoot him, he's okay? Yeah, just no. tase him, right? No, no, I, you're right, though, Cheryl. That's the problem. And this guy that was beating the cop, he probably, you know, if, if he'd got him calm down hard enough, then he would have got his gun out and shot him. And that's the thing. And now he's got the keys to a patrol vehicle. The patrol vehicle has, who knows, it may, at least a shotgun usually. Sometimes there's ARs in the, the trunk section. Just depends on what right. uh, each department has. So it is imperative that an officer not allow him or herself to be physically compromised in any way. And you know what I think is really cool about this story is that this man, the man that protected him, that saved him, was aware of the surroundings. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many times we're driving down the road and we see a, a police car pulled somebody over. Be aware of that. Watch for that. I mean... I'm not saying you have to get out and save him, but you could make a phone call. You could, there's things that you could do if there's a problem. So if things don't look normal to you, get in, get involved in that way. But well, and we've had guests on today that have said, you know, situational awareness is key. Mm -hmm. And then once you're aware of your situation, if something bad happens, if danger is, is in the area, uh, there are fight and flight options. So, you know, it doesn't mean involve yourself in every single no. situation. Sometimes flight is the best thing to do. But in this situation, I think that um, that responsibly our citizen did the community a service because of the fact that had this had this bad guy been able to overwhelm or murder the police officer. Now we have a much larger problem on our hands because... You know, he's got the patrol right. uh, vehicle and, and I, all the other I stuff. I also wonder if the police put himself in a position because of all the press out there that are, are saying that uh, officers are trigger happy, things like that, all this negative press out there, if that Maybe. this police officer didn't take the right steps quick enough because he was afraid that he would get in trouble. Well, it's pure speculation, right. but it's worth considering. Sure it is. Right?
So, well, we are at the end of another show. Boy, did that go fast today, that didn't went it? Really fast. What a fun group of guests we've had today. What great information. And I uh, really just want to thank everybody that, that joins together, whether you're listening live, whether you listen later on a, a recording. Uh, we value your time. Time is our most precious commodity. Right. And when you spend it with us, we definitely value that. Definitely uh, thank our tech crew here. Blade is always uh, over there. He, he really he looks like an octopus. He's got hands on gears and, and bells and whistles and the phone and and signaling me with how much time I have left. I don't and, know if it's a good thing to say he looks like an I don't think he looks like an octopus. <laughs> he may work as fast as one. But you know who's another person who we should be thinking right now is, mm. you know, a lot of people are sending emails to us and yes. giving us ideas. And yes. we appreciate that and welcome that. So thank you. Absolutely. Keep the conversation going because we are listening. And again, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our awesome guests. And uh, until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. Uh, the majority of them, I will. <laughs> that joke's getting old. It's only going to be for eight years, Cheryl. So we hope that I'll be able to do it for eight years. Pray for all our leaders, even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like. And How about the good. ones that were leaders that aren't leaders now? We can still pray for them. We can? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> pray for each other. Be good to each other. Have a great week. And God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free.